And there's a church issue here because I want to speak now to one of our church leaders who is going off to uh, meetings and has a few minutes to speak to us about one of our headline stories in the news today because uh, the Methodist uh, Church in Ireland, indeed the Church of Ireland, the Catholic Church and the Presbyterian Church uh, have all uh, come together uh, to issue a statement to the politicians to get back to Stormont. And the reason they want the politicians back at Stormont in particular has to do with the possible liberalisation of Northern Ireland's abortion laws, uh, which will change on the 21st of October if the Assembly, if the Executive is not back up and running. Uh, I want to speak to the Reverend Trevor Gribben, who's the Clerk of the General Assembly of the Presbyterian Church and who's speaking really today uh, on behalf of all the church leaders on on this issue. Uh, Reverend Gribben, good morning. Good morning, Frank. This is sort of last chance saloon call to politicians who have an interest in the liberalisation of abortion laws not coming in to to Northern Ireland. Is that that what you're, 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 you're hoping for, to remind them that if they're really keen to avoid the change in the law, they'll take action now? Frank, uh, the church leaders, along with many other people in our society, have been calling for Stormont to come back for a long time now. We need to deal with issues like welfare reform, education, health, uh, proper compensation for victims of all kinds. But we've issued this statement today because of widespread concern throughout our community at the prospect of an almost unregulated abortion regime being imposed on Northern Ireland by this Westminster legislation. But is it unregulated? But is it not very? Is it is it actually not? Is it not quite obvious what what the abortion legislation that's coming in is going to allow? It is very obvious. It goes far beyond the hard cases that many feel need to be dealt with. It removes from law all explicit protection for the unborn child up to 28 weeks of pregnancy. It offers no specific protection for unborn babies with disability. It doesn't prohibit abortion based on the sex of a baby. This is an unregulated period coming into Northern Ireland. Current law is being taken away and a vacuum for some five months is going to be created. And then when new regulations or even new secondary legislation come, it's going to through, go through Westminster, rushed through yet again, often in the wee small hours of the morning, without proper devolved democratic debate and scrutiny. That's what the church leaders are calling for. Today we've issued a statement calling for three things. The first is calling our people in all of our churches, along with many others across Northern Ireland, to prayer on the 12th and 13th of October that weekend, to pray for the protection of the unborn child, to pray for women going through difficult pregnancies and their families. Secondly, we're calling upon our members to consider signing an online petition that Barnas O'Lone has recently launched in the change.org website calling for this particular piece of legislation to be stopped. But thirdly, and perhaps the one I want to emphasize particularly this morning, we're calling on our political parties to get back to Stormont before the 21st of October to deal with this issue, to stop 
this particular piece of legislation, but also to find a better way forward, a Northern Ireland solution for these challenging issues. But, that but, what, is, but what is a Northern Ireland solution? Because we've had the dilemma in Northern Ireland facing women from Eve was a girl, and we're in a position now where we're no further forward with regards to legislation, but we understand what people do in in other countries. So at, at what point would Northern Ireland be able to deliver what the churches want? If the, if the churches were to get what they want, the woman would have no say at all. Frank, what we are calling for is our assembly to be restored, to deal with not only this issue, but lots of issues, but particularly this issue. There are, there's a joint report, or perhaps it's two reports, from the Departments of Health and Justice sitting waiting for the executive to discuss and deal with. There are ways forward dealing with some of the hard issues that are often mentioned, which we recognise there needs to be debate, there needs to be consultation, and our Assembly need to find a way forward through legislation or regulation. But that has to be a well-thought-through Northern Ireland solution. I don't think there's widespread support in this community for the whole-scale unregulated abortion up to 28 weeks that is proposed by the legislation. It was tacked on at the last minute to the Northern Ireland Executive Formation Bill. The, the, the date of 21st of October was put on, where if our devolved assembly and executive come back before then, the, the legislation will fall and it will be dealt with in Northern Ireland. I and many think that that, that that date was chosen to be deliberately almost impossible to meet. It's in the run-up to Brexit, 31st of October. Everybody's focus is there. It's before the RHI report is published, which is a challenge to our parties. But what we're saying today is that life issues are so important that our parties should set aside their red lines they should take hard decisions. They should come back to the Assembly. And we're not saying that the abortion issue should be ignored. We're saying it should be dealt with, but by our devolved institutions. Some of our parties always object to English MPs imposing their will upon the people of this island. Well, it shouldn't happen here. It should be a Northern Ireland solution worked up in the Northern Ireland Assembly. So we're calling our parties to set aside their issues. For unionists, they need to stop blocking things like Irish language legislation. I'm a Presbyterian, I'm a Protestant. The Irish language is not something that comes naturally to me, although one of my colleagues has just got an A star in his O-level Irish language. But it's no threat to me. It's no threat to my community. Some have sought to politicize this in both sides of the so-called divide, making it a great demand. And others have tried to say that if unionism gives in to any form of Irish language legislation, the whole world will fall down. That's rubbish. Unrestricted abortion is much more important an issue to be dealt with. And politicians should make the compromises necessary, all parties, and do what's right. You say again unrestricted abortion and I'm not sure of the policy of the Church of Ireland, the Methodist Church or the Presbyterian Church and maybe you can give me some guidance on it but I know the Roman Catholic Church would not be in favour of abortion being allowed to a woman who had been raped. How do the other three churches 
stand on that? Because this is one of the things that is popular among people, that women should have the right to have an abortion if a woman should have the right to have an abortion if she's been sexually attacked. Where do the other three churches stand on that? People in our society have different views in that matter, and those different views are reflected in our churches and by Christian people of faith, by people of other faiths and people of no faith. There are different views there. That's why sensitive issues like that should be dealt with by our local elected representatives. There should be proper debate. Yes, but Reverend Gribben, are all the churches churches in unison on that issue that a woman should not be allowed an abortion in Northern Ireland if she's been raped? I I think probably some of the churches have differing views on that issue, Frank. And that is why, along with differing views that are held in our society, that those issues should be talked through properly. There there are several hard cases. There is rape, there is incest, there is the issue of fetal, fetal abnormality. Those are challenging issues. And many of us have heard the horrendous stories told by people. Those issues need to be looked at. There needs to be a way forward. The report that's sitting waiting to be dealt with by the Departments of Justice and of Health perhaps gives a way forward. We haven't seen that yet. It's waiting for an executive to deal with it. Our politicians should step up and deal with the hard issues, but they need to get back to the Assembly by the 21st of October. And they shouldn't let things like Irish language legislation or indeed any other matter stop them doing what's right and coming back to the Assembly. This is in the hands of our political parties and they've to the 21st of October to restore devolution to deal with this matter. And in the meantime, women who do procure an abortion via pills over the internet, for example, should they be criminals? I don't think there's been any prosecutions in that regard, Frank. But should they be, should, should it be decriminalised or not? The, the, the law is often there to protect people. An unregulated uh, internet uh, with things like abortion pills or any other kind of pills and medications is bought in that way is not a positive way forward. Yes, there needs to be thorough discussion about the best way forward in that issue, but the imposition of an act from, from Westminster tagged on to the Northern Ireland Executive Formation Bill is not the way forward. Do you get a sense, however, Reverend Gribbon, that male-dominated churches are dictating to women and they're now, as I said at the very beginning, at the last chance saloon to get the politicians to intervene to ensure that male-dominated churches continue to have control over women? No, Frank, I reject that. I'm not sure if I meant to apologise for for being a man on here this morning. I I happen to be a man. But I I stood with tens of thousands of other people uh, at Stormont a number of Friday nights ago in what was a, a silent protest probably more than half the people there were women. Uh, This is an issue that people feel strongly about. People of Christian faith, people of other faiths, people of no faith. There there are issues about abortion that do need to be looked at and dealt with. But no one wants a law that doesn't protect unborn babies with disability. Countries like Iceland have brought that kind of law in. And today in Iceland, there are virtually no children born uh, with certain disabilities, uh, particularly Down syndrome. 
That's not because they've cured those disabilities or Down syndrome. It's because those children are terminated when they're still in the womb. We do not want a society that doesn't protect disabled children. We don't want a society where people are able to pick and choose the gender of their child, and if it's the wrong gender, simply get rid of it. That's not what we want. I don't think the people of Northern Ireland want that. Do you think there'll be many women in Northern Ireland racing to do that, to pick their gender? No, I, I would hope there wouldn't be. But, you know, just because there mightn't be many people going to do it, the law should make sure that that is not there for people to have that option. I recognise that many people with a diagnosis of, of disability of, of their child go on and have their child, and many people will continue to do so. But the law is there to protect those most vulnerable children. This is what this is about. Sometimes we talk about speaking up for the marginalised and the vulnerable. There's no more marginalised or vulnerable than unborn children. And the law should be there to protect them. What's happened through this Westminster legislation is the sweeping away of protections. And we'll bring those in later in five months through a Westminster process. Our Northern Ireland Assembly should come back and deal with this issue. The debate should be had. The churches will have our view in the debate, but the debate should be had on the floor of the assembly, in the committee structures, and a way found that works for people here in Northern Ireland. And finally, Reverend Gribbon, who are you most critical of, the DUP or Sinn Féin? Because it's down to those two parties. Which one is wriggling to get off the hook on abortion? Which one is so obstinate in regarding red lines that they're not prepared to do as you would like them to do to protect the unborn? It's easy to beat into political parties. I've met, church leaders have met with all the parties. We've been encouraging them to go back. They're, they're good people in our parties. Uh, they've got themselves into an impasse. The one thing I can say, when I read the policies of all our political parties in relation to abortion, no one wants abortion up to 28 weeks of the five main parties. That's not their policy. So all of them need to get back to the Assembly so this policy is not imposed upon them, both Sinn Féin and the DUP and other parties. Yes, but it's only the DUP and Sinn Féin that can get us back to the Assembly. Well, I recognise that until a deal is done between those two parties and the real politique of this province, that we won't be back. And therefore, both those parties need to sit down and deal with this. The, The red lines need to go. There needs to be compromises. People need to give ground, if necessary, on certain issues. Some issues need to be agreed that legislation will come forward and let the Assembly decide. But that needs to happen before the 21st of October. So this legislation does not come in in Northern Ireland. So are we saying that if they don't get back by the 21st of October that the unborn child is not important to either Sinn Féin or the DUP? Well, what I would say is in all of life, there has to be an issue of priorities. In our individual lives, in our working lives, we do that every day. Church leaders asking the question, what is a priority here? Some of these other issues, or is the priority protecting the unborn and finding, let me say this, finding a better way forward with regard to abortion for Northern Ireland? That, for us, 
and I think for many people in Northern Ireland, has to be the priority. The Irish language, issues like that, peel into insignificance when it comes to protecting the life of the most vulnerable unborn in our society. Okay, now, Reverend Gribben, appreciate your time this morning. Thanks indeed for speaking to us before your meeting. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow-up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.